Track Changes, the official Postlight podcast. Postlight is a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. I'm the co-founder of Postlight. And I'm Rich Ziotti, the other co-founder of Postlight. Rich, what do you use for note-taking? The app is called Bear. Oh, you're a Bear user. I'm a Bear user. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so elegantly done. Everything syncs instantly. And uh, it's a small team that is behind it and it's just it just nails it and this isn't a note-taking app uh the guest we've got today is uh knowledge right it's uh uh, chris o'neill from evernote ceo of evernote evernote is frankly an icon at this point as far as it's part of the infrastructure of software it is it is so Put images, documents. Uh, you can put web pages through the extension. The, All right, let's the, the let's browser. let him tell it. Let, let's let him tell the story. All right. So we got Chris O'Neill uh, from Evernote. All right, let's talk to Chris. Maybe start us off. Just go ahead and give us the what is Evernote. Sure. So if you think about the lives we live, like the professional and and personal life, uh, we're all it's all connected and it's blending uh, increasingly. It's blurring and. You know, technology has done so many incredible things for the world, uh, but it's also had some unintended consequences such that we're all feeling overwhelmed. So Evernote is really uh, a tool that helps you deal with uh, feeling a little bit less overwhelmed, feeling a little bit more in control of this chaotic life uh, to really help you capture your, your ideas and then hopefully turn them into to stuff over time. And eventually we want to help people work together more effortlessly. And that's really what Evernote's hired to do in people's lives. So I think of it as note-taking. What, and it sounds like there's a, it's a little bigger in your head than note-taking. What, what is the difference? What does it do besides let me take notes? Yeah, so it does capture notes. So you could, you could capture a to-do list or a shopping list. Um, but really, the higher-order bit for Evernote, and I, why it's different is it's much more than that. It's about organizing things. So you have these things called notebooks. So l- notes live in a notebook. And it's a way to actually offload what's on your mind. We often think of it as an extension, like a digital extension of your brain. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about platforms for one second. So it runs on – it's a downloadable application. Correct. It's a mobile application. Mobile, yes. And is it also on the web? It's on all platforms. And okay. That's part of the power. How long have you been at Evernote? I have been at Evernote just over two and a half years. Okay. So, and Evernote's been around for about 10. You got it. I've tracked Evernote's history for probably throughout much of its history because it was a big presence. Um, it is still a big presence. How many users does Evernote have? We have today? over 220 million global users. Okay, so that's massive. Yeah. Um, and it went through this phase where I'm going to maybe overstep here, but it was before you you showed up, so don't worry about it. Um <laughs> All kinds of crazy shit was coming out of Evernote. There was like a food app. There was these weird apps. And I, I just started to think, that's Evernote? And I felt like it was kind of all over the map. It was kind of trying to find its way a little bit. And then it settled back down again to what its core mission is. The, the founding vision was, was Stepan Patrikov has poor memory. He has Parkinson's disease, unfortunately. And he wanted a place to really 
bring a technical solution to a problem that you know, technology is created. So we started with preserving memories, hence the logo, which is an elephant. Elephants never forget. Sure. So mm. we want to talk about preserving memory. So, gosh, we had these kernels of use cases, and, and we leaned into a bunch of them. Food would be one. So people yeah. stored recipes and do, still do store a lot of recipes. And I think from a place of innovation and saying, gosh, what if we made this food experience incredible? What if we, uh, you know, one idea was um, helping you remember people's names. So Evernote, hello. So there's all these bats that came from a place of wanting to be innovative. And you're quite right. I think we spread ourselves fairly thin as a company. So part of the first step for me coming in two and a half, three years ago was really to uh, spend time with our users and spend time with the founder of the company and really reflect on what is our purpose in the world and how do we rally solely around that mm. and have the courage to say, hey, these other things are important and great, but not as important as the pursuit of this this higher order, this, this mission, this, this notion of remembering things and then turning these ideas into action. So, Chris, you came in with the hatchet. It's California. It's not a hatchet. <laughs> what is it's, it? It's they flip it over to the other side. It's just the stick. Um, <laughs> the organization needed some restructuring because it had grown in and so clarity. many different directions. I feel like you're, which, what yeah. I'm hearing from you is yeah. like, like, let's. This is cluttered. It's funny. It's like an analogy for Evernote. Evernote <laughs> got cluttered. <laughs> right? Okay. Yes. Here's what I. No, I, but this is huge. That here. reboot is a big deal, and that reboot yeah. is hard. It is. It is hard, right? Actually, this is a good question. How long did it take to do that reboot? That took uh, probably six to six to twelve months. Wow. Now, how did you define success? Like, what was what was going to let you know that this had worked? Couple areas I would describe: product and the product quality. Would I, would I use the words? Are we delivering on the promise we've made to our users? Like, I really, it's it's a fancy way of saying: is the product quality? Are we relentlessly improving the product quality? So we measure that by the type and the mix uh, and the and the quantity of calls or emails we get to our customer support as one sure. way. But we measure: you know, is the product is it fast? Is it reliable? Does it do what it's supposed to do? That's one area. Secondly, is, is, is the quality of the, of the team, right? Are we attracting the type of people? Are we closing the type of candidates we are? That's another aspect of measuring quality. And you're in a competitive place as far as recruiting goes. World is a competitive place. It's a war for talent, in particular in, the, in places like New York here and in the Valley. Sure. Yes, absolutely. For technical talent, we are. One other aspect of success, however, is like, yeah. do we control our own destiny? You were mm -hmm. referring to like most companies and products don't last as long. And I take that very seriously. Like I wanted to basically be in charge of our own destiny. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to be reliant upon yet another round of funding, for example. I wanted to say, hey, we want to invest from a position of strength. So we want to have a robust and strong business and a financial model that worked. Relating to that, right, you have to convince talent. You're not the new hotness. You're 10 years old. You're mm -hmm. Evernote. Everyone's heard about you. They're yeah. 23 years old, so they've known you existed since they were 13. How do <laughs> they. You, they. How do you convince them to come work for you? I, I think that most humans want a sense of connection to, to, to a deeper purpose. Mm -hmm. So it really starts with what's the purpose of what we're doing, and do you connect to that? And, and the good thing is a lot of people do. Right. That's part one. That's a starter. The other thing— I mean, There's 220 million potential contacts that you can make. <laughs> right. right? Like that's a very—that's compelling. You can make impact. Yeah, and this is a product people actually use, right? Like everyone in our company is 
you know, maniacally, like they're fans of the product. They use it for everything. The other aspect is culturally. Right? So I, I was very fortunate to spend like just short of a decade at Google, amazing company. But like I call it the Goldilocks uh, culture and, and stage, right? We're not a large company. We're not some scrappy little startup that is, is grinding away product market fit. So it is a Goldilocks that says, hey, we're not going to worry about mean payroll. Yep. We're not we're not unclear about where we fit in the world, but we're also not you're not just going to be one of many many people doing something. So everyone at the company has an impact and ideally has a connection to the higher purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the core ingredients for people. And then the last piece when I was putting together the team, the leadership team in particular, I wanted people who had fire in their belly, who had something to prove. I didn't want to go hire the 400 hitter Right, who'd been there and done that. I wanted to take people who may have been number two or number three in some of these companies and really wanted their shot. They wanted to see at the table. And if you look at the composition of the team, there's been an intentional choice here. It has proven to be really well. I think people who have something to prove are the types of people that I want to be part of. When you started this job, did you feel you had something to prove? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So what did you want to prove to – were you proving to Google, to the world? What was your – No, to myself. To yourself. Really? I, I, so listen, I, I had had a wonderful journey. it's going to be journey. hard to leave Google. It is. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the best advice I got actually is from uh, Sanjay Kapoor who he said, you only leave Google once, make it count. Right. And that was great advice. So of course it's hard. Um, but I had the, the pleasure of leading Google in Canada and that was a, a fend- fantastic job. How are Canadians different at using the internet than Americans? Oh, interesting. Um Less the, incognito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, yeah, leave that one alone. Yeah. But it is interesting. Uh, broadband usage among Canadians is 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 uh, amongst the highest in the world. Okay. So far, yeah. far higher than the United States. Not a lot to do. I think it's no, cold. Sorry. It's yeah, cold it's cold in Canada. Yeah. That's a factor. Yeah. That's true. No, I do. Finland I do think too. it is. I do think it is uh, a factor. But actually, I think it really speaks to affordability and accessibility to the internet. is an, is an offshoot of I think a philosophy of society in Canada. There's a little less disparity yeah. between the have and have nots. Uh, and then I think it's just the, the infrastructure is just robust. Uh, right. Right. So it, so when it started to become the thing to have, just about everybody could get it. Correct. So YouTube, for example, off the charts, right? right. Uh, when we were look, uh, looking at the YouTube numbers every quarter or pretty much every week, um, the usage as a result, gr- great broadband, a history of creators. If you think of SCTV, you think of all the sure. Canadian actors. There's actually kind of a reason for that, uh, not just because it's cold that we have to do things and invent games. So that I'm sure that helps. But it really is a, a rich heritage of actually creating wonderful content. Mm-hmm. So the YouTube uh, business was was phenomenally uh, great. Uh, not so, not surprisingly, weather-related applic- applications. Uh, sure. you know, if you want to talk to a Canadian, you talk about the weather or hockey. Those mm-hmm. are the two famous uh, conversation starters. So the weather applications in Canada are very uh, very robust as well for some reason. So here the concept of the digital divide is is very profound. Is mm-hmm. that concept – is that – sort of an issue, too, in Canada? Is it like, how is it perceived? It, it is, but just less pronounced, okay. to be clear. Okay. To be clear. There's a there's a thing I want to come back to, um, which is that you said, you slipped in earlier that Evernote is 10 times better than the competition. Who do you consider the competition? I think anyone who, well, you're using the competition right now, right? He, he just pointed to a piece of paper, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And a pencil. And a pen. I, I, that is not flippant. That is the right answer. About half the world, by the way, still uses that. The other sure. half have discovered a digital way of collecting um, their idea or capturing their ideas. So it really starts there. So it's an enormous market. 
There's like a billion notes created every day. Okay. But there is there are other players, of course. There's there's large tech giants. There's small upstarts that are doing parts of what what we do. I don't use Evernote. I do need to organize my shit. And I got Google Docs. I have email. I have Dropbox. It's messy. I, I, I guess the question I'm getting at is, are you fighting a pattern that has taken hold where people are not thinking in terms of, let me put the stuff in the buckets, but yeah. rather have just sort of come to accept that this is You how live in an ambient bucket you, apartment building. Like I'm right. still deprogramming the fact that I don't have to worry about the file system on my own computer. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm still peeling. I'm old enough. Like, I, you know, you talk to teenagers that they don't get the notion of where the file is. Their hard yeah. drive will never crash. Their hard drive will never crash. Yeah. So my question is, for many people, there's no going back. They started there. They yeah. started where I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. And it is all very kind of, you know, in thin air to some extent. And they're for not sure. thinking about organizing their stuff. They're just thinking, oh, the stuff's there. I'll go get it in a second. Yeah. Wherever it is. So I, sometimes explain that as like a post-file world. Let me zoom back for a second. So if you think of like way, way back, like to writing on caves and then bones and then, you know, printing press and typewriter and then WordPerfect and then Microsoft Office. There's like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and all the metaphors were physical things, desktop, file, folder. And there's a very good reason for that. Microsoft needed to have a metaphor that people understood. Now, the problem is we're stuck in that metaphor. You use Google Docs. Like, Doc is an eight and a half by 11. Like, that's not, we're in a post file world, yeah. right? That little picture is scribbling on a, pa a pad of paper, a whiteboard, an audio note, a business card. What, is that a file? I don't know. I don't think so. Right. So, we're living in this post file world. Now, let's drill into the problem, however, a little bit. Like, the, we're all overloaded, right? Our personal and professional lives are blurred. And the solutions we're, we're, we're meant, they're meant to save us are kind of like, you know, you're drowning in this sea here. And like, it's like an Ikea box that's sent to you. Like, assemble the raft here. It's like, okay, we got this, these chat products over here. We've got email. We've got copy and paste and countless you know, browsers that are opened. And we're asked to kind of stitch them together or duct tape all this together. And like, voila. The reality is it's not working. Right? Like these solutions are not helping. Um, that's that's really, I think, the crux of the of the opportunity no, for but us. But is that true? Is it not working? I mean, it is a deep sea, but I feel like the, like if you're 16, you know how to swim. Perhaps, perhaps. But these things are siloing people more and more. Yeah. So all these other tools are coming and layering on, and it's making your life more complicated. So that's that's really, I think, that's the problem, and we think that we have – you know, part of the solution right. here. And I think technology can help. I mean, without a doubt, you're attacking and making available a very, very particular service towards a need that's real. Yeah. I mean, there are, if I'm a researcher, I'm going to guess you got, you guys in academia, you probably have a ton of users who are just like, yeah. okay, this is where all my stuff's going to go as I research this thing for the next no, I see. I see it when I teach. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. definitely I mean, when, when people yeah. have to bring in information in a structured way. Yeah, I think what's tricky is is what you're describing is a little different than that in a lot of use cases where you know my day to day life there's no structure, mm -hmm. and I'm always trying to find and apply structure to the job that I do. Yeah, here, 
And that's actually, I find, I've tried every note-taking system. I find that it's just, I just sort of drift off at a certain point because the chaos gets to a certain point that I need a new, totally new framework just to, Uh I need to go sit in a room for an hour. It's not, there's nothing I can organize. Mm -hmm. I just need to sort of come up with a new approach. And that's hard. Like that's, I don't know any software that actually solves for that. Mm -hmm. There is a real need at different stages in life and with different roles and responsibilities where you just need that outline. You need yeah, that structure yeah. and to capture what's going on. Structured is one part, although I'd argue a folder system or some other system would probably be better than us at that. Sure. We actually shine at semi-structured or unstructured data, meaning, okay, I'm having this conversation with uh, a prospect if I'm a salesperson, and there's a structured system called Salesforce that my boss makes me enter stuff in every day. I hate it. It's you know like I have to pull down and spend all my time on a Friday afternoon doing that. So we have an integration with with Salesforce that takes the semi-structured conversations you have all week and tries to upload those directly into Salesforce. And, th- and that's a good example where, gosh, you can just do do your work and your you know go about your life the way it is. And then technology can can automatically go from semi-structured to structured. But what would be an example of like something it would pull out of that semi-structured data? Uh, it could be uh, the, the name of the significant other of a prospect. It could be uh, an observation you made about how they use a particular product. Or it could be a follow-up, like a reminder to follow up. So it would take like, all those things and map them to fields in, okay. in, in Salesforce as opposed to having to go and kind of do the, the pull-downs and the, the buttons and so forth. So there's a case you're making there to like someone has a 100-person sales team and you go to them and you yeah. say – you should give them all Evernote. It's a way to it's a way to capture sort of what's going on on the ground, and it integrates with Salesforce. Okay, like it's rooted in the notion that this, this is this is really shocking to say, but like people want to choose stuff that they like, sure, and things that bring them joy and make them happy and productive. And people are going to find things that work, whether that's pen and paper or Evernote or, or whatever it is. People are going to find what works for them. So, gosh, why don't you actually empower and, and enable them? And that's a mega trend I think you'll see in the workplace is like things that are going to be user chosen, but then companies will enable them. Do you find yourself thinking a lot about voice interfaces? Is that is that the, the big roadmap here or what's the? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. The next frontier of how we'll interact with with our devices and technology is, is, is clearly voice. Okay. Do you have an Alexa skill? We've started with Siri and we're working with Alexa. Absolutely. Uh, the way I think about it is, gosh, you want to enable, we want to certainly enable people to capture their ideas at the speed at which they come up with them. Right? So you shouldn't be thinking about it like, oh, gosh, like now I have to capture this. It should just be Alexa, take a note, take a note mm-hmm. or gosh, just just record a meeting. Right. And that 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 speech will be transcribed in your real time to text. And then, again, when you start to understand the context um, you're in, you can then figure out what to do with it. Okay. Let's talk about bankruptcy. Sure. (laughs) Information bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a friend. I once took a look at her computer for a moment, and she had about 77 tabs open. They didn't look like tabs anymore. They look like these little humps all across the top. I've had that situation. And I said, why don't you close all your tabs? This is a mess. You're probably eating memory. You're you're ruining your computer. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, I'll lose them. I'm like, well, there are tools out there that you could put them in. She's like, yeah, I don't feel like doing that. They're tabs. They're right there for me. I'm like, okay, but tell me something. The first few tabs in this tab parade that you have going on here. <laughs> when did you put those in? I have no idea. A few weeks ago. Do you care about them still? I don't know. 
They don't. She doesn't even know what they are. Yeah. It is uh, digital hoarding, to yeah. some extent. Yeah. It is that feeling uh, that if I just put it away somewhere, then I put it in my brain. It is, but it's cheaper just to hold on to it than to even process whether you should get rid of it. But they're not going to ever go back to it. Yeah. And, and true. there is a tax, by the way, because if you you yeah. feel like great article, great article, great article, you feel like you're under, you're failing. You feel like you're underwater. And that just, just you got that security of throwing it in a box. But the truth is, yeah. you're probably never going to come back to it. And it's this, it's like the whole notion of like, get all that shit out of your house, get all that crap out of your house. You'll feel better. Yeah. Cause it's less of a burden for you. Do you think that people are using Evernote as a place where they want to put stuff or they feel like, oh, I, I want to check this out later? And then they literally look back three months later, like, oh my God, I'm underwater. Yeah. Yes. And when I talk about, people hiring Evernote to, to feel more organized and feel a sense of control in their lives. This is exactly one of the things I'm talking about is the, 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 the cognitive load of those tabs and things that you're carrying around with you goes away. It's, it's the same feeling that some people get when they cross something off a to-do list. It's just like, like a little sigh of relief. It's there. Locked away. If I need to get to it, I'll go get to it. Yeah. It's like storage plus. Sort of. But sometimes it sits in the closet and screams at you. I think every format suffers from this, where it's like, sure. if you take your big, scary to-do list, put it in Evernote, Evernote will now be the source of your problems. Yeah, yeah. because you yeah. have to get to it. Right. Yeah. So you have to wrap it with it. So this is the problem with New Year's resolutions and the like, because you just got to set these things in abstract and kind of mm-hmm. you know, never. But it has to be rooted in, 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 in something that matters to you, right? So when you set goals, I always like to, to give people the advice, like, Set them as North Stars, like mo- things you have emotional connection to so that when you get buffered in the in the, the winds of life, right, you'll get back on track. You look up and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I did set this goal and it matters to me. But then you have to have a system that breaks it down and you come back and review it. So I think that's where people tend right. to fail. It's like, and the system can be simple, right, but it has to work for you. And that's where it comes in. But I do think role, uh, technology has a role to say, hey, you haven't touched this content in a while. Is it still important to you? Right. And a, review, a good review process would actually do the same thing. Does Evernote do that? It doesn't yet. But this is where we're heading to. You're thinking to. about Yeah. This. So so we can we can see like what types of things you interact with and, and surface it back to you in mm-hmm. service of you. Mm-hmm. But your notion about hoarding and the digital, like the cognitive load, this is this is contributing to the sense of being overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, that I think we all feel. Yeah. I, I have a little Jedi mind trick on my kids, right? I got them to use Evernote and I've taught them how to actually how, take wait, how pictures. old are your children? They're nine. nine yeah, they're two. <laughs> yeah. They're two. <laughs> it's a newborn. Yeah. Sorry, no. how old? <laughs> they're nine and 12. Okay. Uh, so they're so, old. Okay. So they're using, so my, my son literally is using it at school. All right. But, but I've taught my daughter so to take pictures, you take pictures of the artwork. And it can live on forever, That's and then we good. can throw it away. Good. It's like a good idea. I don't know. Like I don't know how much clutter yeah. you can tolerate. We, but it's honestly, a, it's a similar also, thing. She should have a pretty good plan with Evernote. I'm assuming. I mean, like lots of storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unlimited storage. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, I've hooked be, her up. Being the CEO's daughter has to have some benefits. Well, hold on. I mean, <laughs> your daughter's twelve. My daughter's nine. My son's twelve. Your son's twelve, and yeah. he's using Evernote. Yeah, and his friends are in Snapchat, looking cool, and on Instagram, looking cool. And your son is on Evernote. Yeah, he's looking cool. <laughs> yeah, you know. New demographics for Evernote. I mean, a dad's a dad, man. A dad's what are you going to do? Who would you like to get in touch with you? Who? What are you looking for? And how do they get in touch? 
Oh, gosh. You can find me through any social thing, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or, or Chris at Evernote. I mean, you just, just you know, send me an email. I, I do check that, too. And anyone who's looking to do some amazing things, and especially in a professional context, I'd love to hear how they're using it. I always love feedback. All right. Well, that is so – I'm, I'm going to bet uh, most of the people listening have some Evernote story. Connection. Yeah. To share. So go ahead. It's- All right. Well, you know, that's legit. It is legit. And it's interesting to hear about the ups and downs. It's usually a pretty linear story. Yeah, that's true. Usually they crashed or the meteoric rise. But here it's, you know, it's there's a valley and we've got they've got a really smart leader to really focus the company. It's pretty cool. You know, we we focus a lot on making the product. That's a big part of Postlight. Correct. But it, it's always good to realize how that fits in, even if, it's, even if it's the core, like Evernote is its product. Yeah. But the product is not at all the only thing that they have to think about in order to make no. their company work. You could fail for other reasons. Absolutely. That's exactly right. That's the exactly story, right. I mean, he, he's hit it right on the head. It, the story around it, what is it? How is it make us, making people's lives better? I mean, it sounds corny, but frankly, you know, he's focusing the company. Well, that's your job as a boss. You're kind of a storyteller. And you're, mm-hmm. Yeah. How so. do you motivate outside the company? How do you motivate right. people? Well, thanks to Chris O'Neill for coming on Track Changes. Track Changes is the podcast of Postlight, the digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue. We build great shit. We do. We build really good stuff. We build that software so you can build your business around it. We like to help people do that. Uh, we like to help people build their businesses. And the way we do that is we yeah. cool software. Yeah. And, uh, and we're know, hiring. Uh, senior design leadership, senior product leadership, product managers, engineers, designers, a marketing designer. Like, really, if you are in this field, uh, check us out, postlight.com. Look at our careers page. The link is at the bottom of the page. Yeah. And we'd love to talk to you. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye. Bye.